Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. What's good in the hood, my friend? I haven't heard that expression in a while. Yeah, we were talking earlier uh, today. Oh, hey guys, what's up? Uh, we were talking earlier today about old expressions that some people don't get. It, it reference. I, I don't even know half the ones that I say. I'm not even sure where they came from. I just say them. A flash in the pan? Yeah, I don't even know. Is that, does that mean when you accidentally set something on fire and they just go... And then it's gone. Like yeah, I, it's when you burn your house I know, down. I know the meaning. I know the intention. I know what you mean if you said that to me. Like, oh, it'll, it'll be a flash in the pan. I get that. But where did the saying come from? And a lot of these, I don't know. Dead as a doornail. You're like, what is a doornail? What, what is the doornail? I don't know. Beating a dead horse was one of them. Okay, that's a very visual one. Steal my thunder. Okay. Be there or be square. I just figured out this morning what that means. I had no idea. Like I knew it, be there, or be square. That You say that like be there, but I don't know what that means. It means be there, be square. It means be there or you won't be around. So you'll be square. That's it's what that means? Stupid, right? Because like, back in the day, they used to call someone a square. Ah, you're, you're, you're not yeah. coming to the party. Don't be a square. It, apparently it had nothing to do with that. It's it's a, that you that you won't be around, so you'll be a square. Be there, there goes our square. one and only geography reference. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, put a sock in it was one of them. Put a sock in it, yeah. Cool as a cucumber, which are often not refrigerated before you in buy the them. In the grocery store, they certainly are not. Raining cats and dogs. Yeah, that one I I don't even know where that came from either. That's got to be a reference to something old literature or something like that. We had a lot of listeners text in their suggestions, too, and there were so many of them. It was a great discussion. Uh, we have a weekend best of show on here on 91.5 The Beat. You can check it out Sunday night starting at 6 o'clock. We have so much to get to, Kat. So we're going to do uh, a lot of different things. I do want to talk about money and the correlation between money and women's orgasms. Can money buy you an orgasm <laughs> is the question that needs to be answered. Okay. <laughs> We'll talk about that in a lot more. <laughs> First off, um, this morning, the COVID-19 science advisory table is releasing new modeling data. We'll see what kind of uh, hey. fantasy numbers they want to put out here. I love modeling data day. It's my favorite day. And it's a big Doug day, too. Doug's doing a news conference today. He's going to face the media. What is it about? Do we know? He's introducing the new long-term care minister. This is the person who's replacing Rod Phillips because Rod Phillips got a better offer and or he's waiting for Doug to go so he can run for the leadership or I don't even know what Rod's doing. He's a good guy, uh, but either way, he is leaving politics right now. And there's a number of federal or sorry, provincial MPPs that are not running again in this upcoming election. So they all jump and ship or what's up there? Is that uh, normal? I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm almost positive. That the first question Doug is going to get asked today is going to be about nothing in Ontario in Saskatchewan. Yesterday, Premier Scott Moe, such a good premier. He's doing a great job. He came out and made an announcement that I think a lot of people are going to be curious to hear. So now, um, and our caucus MLAs are hearing this from the people that they are talking to across the province and the people that they ultimately represent. um, And people are asking their government for a return to normal a removal of public health restrictions, and we most certainly are looking at how we can do that in the weeks ahead here in Saskatchewan. And now I think it is, in fairness, it is time for us as a government to do what Saskatchewan people are asking for. So now, um, and our caucus MLAs are hearing that... He went on to say the vaccine passports are gone. They will soon no longer be a thing in Saskatchewan... All Saskatchewanians, Saskatchewanians. I believe it's Saskatchewanians. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I have Saska- no idea. How bad is that? What's that from? The Love Guru? Saskatchewan. That's Justin Timberlake's character. Saskatchewan. They, uh, they're getting rid of the Vax passports. And what Premier Mo said specifically yesterday was interesting. He announced the proof of vaccination system will soon end, saying the vaccine passports are no longer helping reduce transmission during COVID-19's Omicron wave. Right. So not to say they wouldn't bring them back if, let's say, the Domatron 3000 virus comes our way, but they're getting rid of it for now. And that, I, I, okay, I'm good with that. But isn't that just common sense? 
Why on earth would we have this if it doesn't work? It doesn't stop transmission. If you go back to many previous episodes mm-hmm. of After Nine, we've played the clip a number of times from the CDC where they say it doesn't stop transmission. And if yeah. it doesn't stop transmission, there's no point in having it. But what about uh, all the fully vaccinated people who get the breakthrough infection? Can they pass it on? Could they pass it on to their children? Could they pass the virus on to older people, especially more vulnerable people with the underlying health conditions? And that's exactly the point that we made in our guidance. So, yes, they can with the Delta variant. And that was the reason that we changed our guidance last Tuesday. Um, Our vaccines are working exceptionally well. They continue to work well for Delta with regard to severe illness and death. They prevent it. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. Uh, There's some speculation that when Doug gets asked about this, some people think Doug's going to double down and say, we're keeping it and we're adding the booster shot to it. Others think he's going to try and avoid it like crazy. That's probably the more likely path. I think so, too. And others think that he might just say, yeah, we're going to drop it here in Ontario, too, because if it doesn't uh, reduce transmission, then what's the point of it all? Yeah, and, and if he doesn't say those exact words, it'll be something along the lines of, we're considering it. And and all we need to hear, like all I need to hear today is that consideration, that potential, and I know that they're probably going to do it, but it may not take effect until March, right? It might be March 1, guys. Uh, we're going to wait this out, though. They're a fan of waiting it out and seeing what happens. Doug loves polls. Well, actually, I'm sure he hates looking at them right now. But generally speaking, he likes to look at the data and the data says the majority of this country wants these public health measures to end. And mm-hmm. that includes those mandates. Uh, just breaking this morning, La Presse is reporting that Premier Francois Legault in Quebec is going to back down on his idea to tax the unvaxxed. That crazy son of a bitch. No shit they're going to back down. This was never going to happen. It was a fantasy idea, and it was there as the carrot and stick game continues. They're going to throw everything they can at you to try and convince you to get your shot. The problem is, so many people have already caught on to what so many people have caught on to, what Premier Mo just said, and if it doesn't stop transmission, you're not doing it for someone else, you're doing it for yourself. I hope that Doug is is listening to people in Saskatchewan, listening to people in Ontario, looking at these now national polls that say the majority of Canadians are done. They want it over with. So Doug, do the right thing when you come out there today. How many provinces don't have a vax passport? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. It's a big country. I, I, I think that all of them have some form of a proof of vaccination. But now that Saskatchewan has done that, I'm pretty confident Alberta is going to do the same thing. Alberta is in a weird spot because they went kind of aggressive for a while and it backfired on them and cases flared up and then it was a big fucking mess. And, and Ontario is in a similar predicament. So I don't know if they'll go as fast mm-hmm. as Saskatchewan, but Premier Mo is doing what his people want. How honest is that? We had our, our members talking to their constituents and the overwhelming thing that we keep hearing is people don't want this stuff anymore. If it helps, great. But if it's not helping, what's the point other than to try and piss people off who made a decision for their own health? And frankly, if it doesn't help, there's no point in having it. Right. Let's talk about uh, (laughs) Trudy's got COVID, by the way. Justin's got COVID. Trudy, is that what we're going with now? I don't know what else to call the fucking guy. I mean, what do you do with him? Here's a man who is just, he's this like a lightning rod for controversy right now. It's frustrating that after two years, the battle against COVID-19 is still dominating so many parts of our lives. This virus affects us all. Two of my own children have now contracted it. And this morning... I learned, I, I tested positive for COVID-19 as well. I feel well and have no symptoms. Yet. Of course, I'll be working remotely this week and we'll keep following public health guidelines. I want to take this opportunity to remind Canadians to please get vaccinated. He's double vaccinated and boosted. Um, is this yeah, kind he, of a backwards uh, slap in the face to the school system? Like Doug insisted the schools are safe and then Trudeau's two kids went to school and caught COVID. Yeah. So like kids are going to catch COVID. Kids are going to catch it. Oh, I, I know I, they are. I, like, I know they are. I don't know why we need to keep beating this dead horse. And our friend there, Ryan Imgrund, is all over this on Twitter all the time. And I, I really, I stop myself from tweeting back, but it's going to happen. Yes, of course, it's a cause of spread. Yes, of course. But kids need to be in there. And I will fight for that every single day of the week. 
They need to be in school. Yes, they Eliminate do. class by class, however you have to do it. When cases inevitably come in and when they're better, they go back in. And if kids catch it, chances are parents are going to catch it, such as the case here. Now, I have no doubt in my mind if one of them tested positive on like Saturday or Sunday during the convoy, he was like, come over here and cough on dad, please. <laughs> I need an excuse right please now. Please come cough on daddy. I know we've said no. I'd like it now. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I know some people f- find it convenient, but I'm telling you, I mean, I have friends whose kids caught it and it was only a matter of time. It trickled through the entire family. So they remained isolated. That's all you can do. And we can move along. Let's stop pointing blame. We know that this is going to spread fast. We didn't do this with colds and flus. And I know COVID is a different animal. And we know Omicron is a different animal. But, you know, quit going back to, well, it's causing spread. Yeah, it fucking is. But of course the kids it is. need to be there. Period. The end. So I'm so sick of people bringing up schools. Yes. It needs to, they need to be in class because those numbers, I'd like to look at those numbers of people who are suffering when you take kids out of class. It's astronomical compared to all the other numbers, which are unfortunate, of course, in the hospitals, but that's how I feel about it. Uh, and, and then with the conservatives there, Aaron O'Toole is facing a mini revolt in his caucus. They've now got enough votes to force a leadership review. And Aaron says he's not going anywhere. I kind of want to make some popcorn and watch this unfold. This is kind of interesting because you know, I really don't care either way. I, you've said it, you said it best. I don't know what an Aaron O'Toole is. <laughs> That's my problem. <laughs> the guy I has. Don't. Well, listen, I, um, for conservative members that actually are able to vote in any theoretical upcoming race. Like I said, I don't care either way about Aaron O'Toole. I think he's done a very good job at trying to move the party to a place that can be more inclusive. It should be more inclusive. It should be that big blue tent that welcomes everybody. Now, you can disagree on various policies. Because there's only one party on the right now, whereas on the left, you can have the NDP, you can have the liberals, you can have the Mm -hmm. greens with all kinds of different variations. The conservatives are one and there are still segments of that party that have different beliefs on different issues. That's fine. It takes a leader to unite the party and find common ground. I don't know that Aaron's done a very good job at uniting the party, but I do think he's going in the right direction. And you can get rid of the guy if you want. Like I said, I don't care either way, but if you get rid of him, it's not like you're any closer to winning the race. The leader matters. And the Mm -hmm. liberals are having this discussion internally, too. There's a lot of liberals that say it's time for Justin Trudeau to take a walk in the snow. Beat it, dude. Because you're (laughs) very Canadian way to put it. You're just dragging us down. And at this point, the party is more popular than the leader, whereas it was the reverse for so many years before this. Justin is probably dragging the Liberal Party down because his personal brand has been so tarnished over the years. And with the Liberals, everybody seems to want to look to Christian Freeland. Oh, she'll be the next leader. She'll win us the next majority election. No problem. I think you guys should seriously be looking at Anita Anand. What an impressive job she's done as defense minister. And even though it was a real rocky start to COVID when she was in charge of procurement, she certainly turned that around. She's a great candidate. I think you guys should look seriously at her. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the conservatives, there's really only one way this is going to move forward. They need somebody experienced, and I firmly, firmly, firmly believe it's time for a woman. They need a, a Rona Ambrose or a Lisa Raitt or someone like that. By default, people are saying, oh, it should be Pierre Polyev. Eh, maybe, maybe not, but the leader matters. Here you've got the Ontario PC party. Which a lot of people are saying, God, I hope the Liberals and the NDP don't win. Well, the Liberals don't exactly have a star candidate there in Stephen Del Duca. And the NDP has had, what, four kicks at the can with Andrea Horvath? I don't think the Conservatives are particularly worried about this, even though Doug Ford is wildly unpopular. Yeah, I'm so curious how that's going to end up as we get closer to the summer. Uh, but yeah, when it comes to Aaron O'Toole, so how it works is it's a what is it? A third of the party has to come forward with a petition of sorts, yes. right? To say we would like of the caucus <laughs> uh, to say we would would like to reconsider this, and then it's voted on after these this. So this it's gone through the, that that far, right? We've gone through that far where a third has said yes, we'd like to look at it, and now they're going to take a look at it. And majority votes whether they're going to vote in a, a new member. A new head. Yeah. So what would happen is if they hold this leadership review and if O'Toole is gone, they would appoint, like vote internally on who's going to leave the party. Yeah. Until they can have a formal leadership race. Really, all that's doing is kicking the can down the road. It's not solving the problem. It's a lot of temporary stopgap measures. It's a pain in the ass while they go through that whole process of electing a leader. And we're in a minority parliament. An election could happen at any time. This is not a good time to try and, and change leaders now.
I don't know. I think it's kind of misguided if they want to replace O'Toole now. Were they trying to? Were they just pissy because he went and, and spoke with people at the convoy and things like that? I mean, he wasn't rah rah sis boom ba about it, but he did go and speak with people. Does that have anything to do with it or nah? You think they didn't really? Most people, or at least a third of them, didn't like him anyway. I think generally speaking, they are okay with that. I mean, Pierre Polyev went out and he was taking pictures yesterday on Parliament Hill with right. protesters, right. trying to point out these are the peaceful, freedom-loving Canadians, these patriots that deserve to have their voice heard, and they're getting painted with the same brush as the people walking around with that were desecrating statues and shit. Gotcha. You know, he went out and proved a okay. point, and that's good. So I think the fact that Aaron met with them is good. Um, I, I think the major problem is he's flip-flopped on a couple of issues, and he basically committed the conservatives to having a carbon tax, and there's a lot of people in the party that don't agree with that that don't want a carbon tax, that say there's other ways to tackle climate change. Whether they do or don't get rid of them doesn't matter to me. I just hope that if you guys do, you realize what you're walking into because it's not going to be an easy road. It's going to be very polarizing, and you might not get any closer to winning an election. So careful what you wish for. Aaron's probably doing just fine where he is. He's got some work to do, but he's probably the right guy for the job at the moment. We got a complaint about yesterday's podcast from Tony, and we'll, we'll share our feedback. Uh, Tony says, that was probably the worst podcast I heard you guys do yesterday. You didn't mention all the good things coming out of the protest and telling everyone to end it. You might have lost some listeners. BLM protest, their damaging of buildings and monuments, and everyone thought that was fine. I get why they were like that. They were angry at the police and knocked down some statues that shouldn't even be statues because of what those people did. But moral of the story, I was there, and I didn't see anything but good. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, uh, Tony. I, I th- but hang on. Did Tony even listen to the full podcast? <laughs> That's exactly what I wrote back to him. Because I'll tell you something, Tony. If you didn't, please, I, I do implore you to go back. Because uh, we did mention the cleanup that was done on that statue. Some good Samaritans that were a part of it. Um, stopped down to take out, take off the sign off of Terry Fox and the flag or whatever else was there, literally scrubbed it and cleaned it. There was another group of people that began to bring flowers to the war memorial. We mentioned all of that. Yes. We most certainly mentioned it. So I'm not sure what you heard, um, but we did mention there was a few assholes in a group of several people that were just fine. And again, nonviolent protest. That's all we could really ask for. So I, 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 d- I implore you to go back and take another listen. Yeah, the whole point of that yesterday was how embarrassing it was that there were some people who tagged along to this group, and I don't even know, maybe some of them were paid to be there as counter-protesters, and they were stirring up shit, and that was just to overshadow the overwhelming majority that were there that were peaceful, that were freedom-loving, that were respectful, that were patriots, that were waving their flags and part of a great cause, and they deserve to be heard. It's the assholes that overshadowed it, but they shouldn't be overshadowed. And there's assholes in any big protest, by the way, no matter what you're talking about. And I hate comparing like a Black Lives Matter protest to this convoy. They're completely different subjects. I don't like comparing it at all. Um, I understand where you're coming from in terms of protests in Canada and those were definitely a couple of highlights but that's apples to oranges it's a totally different situation the house of commons ethics committee has called for a halt to the public health agency of canada's plans to collect data from millions of mobile phones as a way to understand travel patterns during covid we now know that the government was tracking our phones during lockdown. <laughs> right. They absolutely were. Yeah. And, and, you know, they can claim, yeah, but there was no personal information attached to it. We just saw, like, where people were going, but we didn't know who was going where. I don't 100% believe that. Mm-hmm. I don't like that they were tracking our phones and there's some serious privacy concerns there. And I really hope the House Ethics Committee is successful in telling them, piss off, stop tracking regular, everyday Canadians' phones, they, ha- they don't deserve it, and it's none of the government's business where we do and don't go. That's the first thing. Second thing is, where did that come from? Who said, you know what, start tracking the phones, see what the mobility data is like. And since the start of all this, they base so many decisions about lockdowns and shutting down businesses and firing people on mobility data. You guys weren't even reading the mobility data right. I don't know if you really understand how people's lives work, but they do have some places they have to go, locked down or not. So you guys screwed the whole thing up for two straight years, and now you're getting called out for tracking the phone data and not even using it right. 
I hope the House Ethics Committee can convince them to stop doing that and let's have an investigation into how that was done anyway. Uh, And to Tony, yes, please go back and listen to that other podcast. But I don't want to overshadow his complaint because every bit of feedback is important to us. So thank you for taking the time to write. Uh, I think it's unfortunate that you got that perspective. I love the truckers and I love the people that were proudly waving flags on overpasses that took their kids out of school to show them, hey, this is uh, these people are fighting for our freedoms. This is great. You got to get behind them. I thought that there was a great message that they brought. It's just it did get overshadowed. So please don't mistake anything we said yesterday for anything less than than my personal support for these truckers, because I do happen to think that they were there. They did it right. They handled themselves well. And it, it's a shame that it got overshadowed by some of the stupid things that happened. And if people want to stay there and continue to, I don't know how many trucks are still there, stopped in, in protests. I've heard that the crowds have dwindled quite a bit. There are a few that remain. Okay. It's an opinion that we should probably, like, that they can go if they want to go. Because I think that their job there, for the time being, is done. I just also keep in mind that those people need those need to work, right? They, they probably do. want to work and probably deserve to take a break from that to go make money for their families is what I'm thinking. Well, I do think that Ottawa itself is laying it on pretty thick. I get that it's inconvenient and I get that, that uh, it's not ideal to have all these trucks parked everywhere. I, I totally understand that, but I mean, to be shutting down businesses and businesses and stuff because of safety concerns. I, I tend to think that the safety concern is basically gone. These people are protesting peacefully, not necessarily the way you would like them to, but I really don't think it's this major imminent threat of danger. You you can open up your restaurants. Uh, and, and just on those notes of complaints, I've had countless complaints over the last week of us even talking about the convoy and people calling us all kinds of names, um, really? at least myself. Yep. For, for mentioning it and, and considering them to be doing something that that's right, um, saying that we shouldn't even be talking about it because we're adding fuel to the flame for these people. And I'll just put it nicely. I've got several messages. So, Tony, for every I know you're complaining about this. There's people complaining that we're even talking about it. And I think it's pretty damn good that we did continue to cover this all the way through, regardless of our opinions on it. And that's fine to disagree with our opinions on it. Well, but we did talk about it. The people who were there seem to know the truth. The people who were there that saw all the positive things that happened and and people helping people and so on and so forth, they know it didn't get portrayed properly in the media and it's certainly not being portrayed properly from the bully pulpit of the prime minister. But there were a lot of people there that had a right to protest and did do it right. It just got overshadowed and that's the way it is. Uh, Let's move on. Would you ever consider being a pizza delivery driver? You know, I never thought about it. No one's ever asked me. Thank you for asking me. No one's ever I think it's important to before. know where you stand on that all-important issue. Um, you know, or should we not talk about it? Should we not talk about it? By the way, I don't want to hear about it. You shouldn't be talking about it. It's awful. Yeah. Everything should yeah. be discussed. I got more than one message about it. This that. is important to the entire country, and you can be on either side of it. But just because you're on one side of it doesn't mean we shut down conversation on the other mm-hmm. side of it. It's worth having a conversation about because it does affect all of us. Okay, pizza, I... Uh, no, I've never considered it. I probably It probably wouldn't be... Um, a go-to line of work for myself. Although I do consider how flexible and lovely it would be to be a delivery driver of any kind in those kind of circumstances, whether it be Uber, whether it be for a pizza company, I think that those freedoms are nice to have. This is a clever marketing thing from Domino's. Domino's in America anyway, I'm not sure if it's going to happen here, is going to start paying you to deliver your own pizza. (laughs) If you order on the app and you agree to pick it up, They're going to knock three bucks off your bill. The delivery fee is going to get credited off your bill if you deliver your own pizza. This is in part because of a shortage of drivers. There's a lot of people self-isolating. There's a lot of people who just don't want to do that for whatever reason. So Domino's, especially with Super Bowl coming up, would really prefer you just pick up your pizza and they'll pay you three bucks to do it. Fantastic. Okay, so it's, and it's kind of similar to what the system we have going on now here is. I mean, you can go ahead and I can order ahead right now at, you know, Pizza Pizza, Domino's, whatever, you name it, and say, yeah, I'm coming in to pick up, or I can get it delivered, but I'm paying for that delivery fee. So it's all kind of the same, but what they're, I understand their unique twist on it is that they're trying to really go out of their way to market, please pick up your pizza because we have a lack of drivers or, or too many pizzas to deliver. We don't want it to be cold for you. Come pick it up. All right, fine. The New York Times has purchased Wordle. <laughs> Wordle. I haven't played Wordle. Nor have I. I. I don't fully understand it. I get that it caught on really quickly, but it seems like just your regular run-of-the-mill average 
app that's available in the App Store. This one just happened to catch on. Yeah, you get really addicted to it and you can only play once a day. So people like that kind of thing because they have to kind of wait. You know, there's, there is something to, I got to wait for that next good thing, right? Whether it's a new episode of a show, you can't wait to watch. It, they kind of leave people excited about it. And Wordle was one of those things that really helped people get through the month of January, it seems especially. It really blew up last month. You have to guess a five-letter word is really the short of it. And once you keep get, you keep guessing, it will give you hints as to, nope, that's a, actually not. A, I think it's like based on vowels and things like that. Again, I don't play, so I could be screwing that up completely. But I know it's a five-letter word that you have to guess. And you can share your score with the world to show people how fucking smart you are. What I love about this, well, I, it's a love-hate thing. The New York Times buying it, they're going to add it to their their, I don't know, library of okay. online games that you can play okay. if you subscribe like to the Times. words online and shit like that, I assume? Yeah. Word search online? Right. I mean, to me, word searches and stuff like that, it, it's not top of mind for me, but I mean, hey, if you read the Times anyway, then you have access to this shit. Right. But it means that it's probably not going to be free for much longer if you can only play it through the Times. So that's an issue for a lot of people. We'll see if it stays popular. But what I really like about this is the fact that we've learned the story behind Wordle. It's a nice story. A software engineer in Brooklyn, his name is Josh Wardle, launched the game in October. He made it for his wife because she loves word games so much. Cute. It just happened to explode. And now this guy just sold his invention, which was a treat for his wife. For over a million dollars. Here's the treat. I mean, the Wordle game is nice, but I'll take that schmilly, please. Yeah. At least a million dollars this guy got for it. He never intended to make any money off of it. He probably put it in the App Store thinking, ah, you know, if I sell like a couple of these 99 cents each after the App Store takes their cut, yeah, maybe I'll make some money. You could only, I don't think he ever expected to make millions. And you could only play online for a while, right? Like, I mean, I heard you can only play online. Is that not true? Is it an actual app? I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Like I said, I don't play it. But good for him. Selling it for whatever, a million, two million, we don't really know. I, I'm just, if you were the Times, you purchased this, what's the smartest thing to do? Because you're going to have people say, fuck that. I'm not going to bother, right? You're going to charge me, basically, to have a subscription to get it? No. The smartest thing I think they could do is go ahead and make it a standalone free thing, but it is going to be filled with articles and ads to click on and videos to click on, but you can't see them unless you're paid subscriber. Wouldn't that be the best way to go about it when you get a game when it's so hot right now? For now, absolutely. I There's two different models that newspapers seem to be using because the original model of we bring you a stack of paper and you read them and then recycle them, that seems to be out the window. I don't know a lot of people that are carrying around a newspaper anymore unless you happen to end up at like a doctor's office or something like that. And even then, COVID, nobody's touching that Nobody shit. Nobody wants to touch the fucking paper. <laughs> Come on. So they can go with the, it's free to read our articles, but they're going to be full of ads. Or you can pay to read our articles and you get unlimited, read as much as you want. And if you're really into that sort of thing, maybe it makes sense to pay five bucks a month for a Toronto Star subscription. Maybe you don't want to pay to read it and you can read it for free on the Toronto Sun. But then you get the ads. I don't know which way is better, but I'll tell you, I hate it when somebody shares an article that's hidden behind a paywall. Oh, good for you. You subscribe to the Globe and Mail. Don't retreat the it's it's a paid thing to read it. And I'm not gonna pay the money mm-hmm. to the Globe and Mail to read one article. Yeah, and what I'll do instantly, usually, ready for this frugal move of mine, is if someone sends me an article and I do find it interesting, the headline catches my attention. Hey, you should check this out. Oh, it's blocked by a paywall. I just go and Google that same thing and then I find a site that's free to read yeah. and I get all the information that way. That's a smart idea, actually. I mean, there's usually more than one version of the story out there. Sure. I pay. But again, I'm not good because I'll only pay for certain things and I'm not. That's not for me. And I hate saying that because we're, you know, we're in the journalism broadcasting, you know, clump of people. And it's sad to see that obviously they have to start selling this this way. And maybe some are doing well. We know some have gone under, but it's kind of also an evolutionary thing, isn't it? Sure. Sure. Even my mom is reading uh, stories on a tablet now. I mean, she doesn't want the newspaper anymore. And that used to be the thing. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, God help me if I didn't first thing in the morning go down to the end of the driveway and grab the paper and bring it in the house because the shit was going to hit the fan if that paper wasn't there when she came downstairs and made a cup of tea. Right. What's your level of gambling addiction at? If you start, do you Um, stop? Yeah, I do stop. I do stop. I usually, my go-to is I have 
X amount of money. So let's say I'm going to go to a casino. Let's say I'm spending the night in the falls. I'm going to the casino. I have a budget in mind. And if I haven't been for a while, maybe my budget's, you know, close to 300, 400 bucks. Maybe if I, you know, I, I, I'm trying to be a little more sensitive to how much I'm spending. I'm doing 100, 200. But I cut myself off. I have cash and that's it. What about betting on sports? Are you interested now that you can in Ontario? No, no, not really? sports for me. The prop bet stuff, sure. The sports themselves, no. Someone just won over half a million dollars. They hit an insane payday on FanDuel. They had a $20 site credit. There's a lot of those gambling type sites where, hey, uh, open up an account, make your deposit, and we'll give you a $20 free credit just for signing up and making a deposit. That's how they get you hooked, right? So this person had a $20 site credit on FanDuel that turned into $579,000. But I don't know... Maybe this guy is from the future. This might be an actual time traveler. Not only did he guess who would win the AFC and NFC championship on Sunday, he also guessed the correct score. Wow, what are the odds of that? Bengals beat the Chiefs 27-24 on the road in overtime. And in the AFC championship game, the Rams beat the 49ers 20-17. Sorry, NFC championship. AFC was uh, the Bengals. They won 20 to 17. Two other bettors also cashed in on that parlay, which comes with 29,000 to one odds. 29,000 to one, and he hit it. They say if you'd bet $5 on the exact same bet, you'd win 145 grand. Wow. A $2 wager. Would have made you $58,000. See, when it, oh, that's insane. When it comes to those small bets, though, I mean, I said no to sports. But what I do in Vegas when I'm there is whatever league is playing that I can bet on. And I did it uh, when I, it wasn't Jays, though. I bet on another team. But it was for the MLB season. And I bet on like the, the one at the bottom of the list to win it. And that's what I'll do is I'll put in two bucks because I know that'll actually make money. But otherwise, I don't. That's incredible, though. We're wow. gonna we're gonna get a multi-day winter storm over the next couple of days, starting tomorrow morning and running mm. basically until Friday morning. Some parts of Ontario are gonna get up to thirty centimeters. The GTA, Toronto area, is gonna get about twenty centimeters of snow over two days. Now that's nothing compared to what the U.S. East Coast got over the weekend. They got what was it like twenty inches of snow oh, or something like that? It was silly. insane. Yeah, crazy. Uh, Now we're learning about the fallout. A student at Boston University went home during the storm, went to visit their folks and stuff like that, and forgot to close the window in their (gasps) dorm. No. Why would you even open your window right now? (laughs) Apparently, directly below the window, there was two feet of snow in her dorm, (gasps) and it was all through the apartment. It looked like outside, inside, because they left the dorm window open. Oh my god. I think this is a teachable moment. <laughs> I think that there's an opportunity like, here. You probably need to attend as many classes as possible because yeah. this sounds like you could use some education. <laughs> <laughs> I usually rely on you for stuff like this because I honestly don't know. Maybe I missed that day in home ec or something like that. But there is a certain amount of time that you're supposed to keep certain things or a certain amount of time before you're supposed to wash certain things. I've asked you before, how many nights can I sleep in those sheets before I have to do the laundry? Right. As it turns out, it's days, not weeks. So thank you for that. <laughs> My skin's a lot better now. Whoa. Thank you. How many times can you use a towel before it's time to throw it in the wash and pull out a new towel? That sort of thing. Well, this is great. Consumer Reports has actually put out some proper guidance on this sort of thing. I love this. How often should these things in your bedroom be replaced? Mattress. How long? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to go off guessing here. I'm going to say 15 years. They say if your mattress is older than 10 years... It's probably time to replace it. They say you may need to replace your mattress if you wake up tired, you'll sleep better when you're away, or your mattress is starting to sag. 
If you're over 40, they say you may need to replace your mattress sooner than 10 years. Wow. Okay, 10. I don't know why I had 15 in my mind. I don't know the last time I bought a mattress, but it was certainly more than 10 years ago. I will tell you it makes a difference because I had like a super soft mattress. I just bought a new one last year and what a difference. I feel so much better. Yeah. How many people though are sleeping on a mattress that's a... a hand-me-down from their older siblings oh, or, oh, the parents got a new mattress, so you got the old one from their bedroom. There's probably people out there that are sleeping on mattresses that are 20, 30, 40 years old. I say that just grosses me out, too. Like, think about how many times you spend laying your body in it. Change your mattress. Pillows. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, pillows that you use, you're assuming you use them every night, okay? Are mm-hmm. we assuming that? Okay, yep. we use the same pillow every night. I would say... You got to change it after like a year. Pillows can hold sweat, oil, dead skin, and hair. So you, according to the National Sleep Foundation, will want to replace those pillows every year. Ah! Certainly no more than two years. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah, I, I, dig, I believe that. Sheets. Uh, Sheets. Okay, so get rid of them completely. Get them out of here. Yep. You seem very conflicted. Yeah, no, because I'm wondering if you go in line with the pillow situation, and I think I would, so I'm going to say a year. With regular use and washing, your bed sheets do start to wear down, so people typically replace them around the two-year mark. It doesn't mean your sheets will all of a sudden fall apart after two years. It means that to keep your sheets in optimal condition and to have optimum comfort in your bed... Two years or so. Okay. Well, you usually rotate your sheets too. I don't know what the majority of people, I assume, right? Like for me, I have two sets for each bed because if I'm doing laundry, I don't want to have to wait on the laundry in order to make that bed. I want a fresh bed right now. So I remove everything and I put on my other one. So I've got two rotating constantly. So with that said, okay, two years. Makes sense. I'm a sheets guy. I like nice, soft silky sheets and I want comfort when I'm in bed despite what I just said about the mattress a few minutes ago <laughs> despite your 50 year old mattress everything else is good they uh, uh two years yeah I mean I don't think I use sheets as often as other people do because I've got like 10 12 sets of sheets okay. it, it's a lot you rotate a lot that's good yeah I do for sure what about your comforter or duvet Ugh. um yeah, I'm going to go with uh, uh, two years. Comforters and duvets last much longer than anything else on your bed. They say your comforter and duvet can last anywhere from 15 to 25 what? years. Yep. See, here's my problem with that. So if they stay covered and get aired out regularly. That's the thing. That's key. And also sheets come, in, come into play here because there are some people who just throw a comforter over top of them and don't have sheets. And if that's the case, those oils you mentioned, the hair, the dead skin are all going on your comforter. So over time, that's nasty is like my the best way I can put it. <laughs> so if you're using sheets and things and you don't necessarily put that over top of your body skin to skin, okay, it probably lasts longer. Humidifier or dehumidifier? Last one on the list. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, uh, th- four, three years. They say a dehumidifier can last six to nine years, but its filters need to be checked twice a year as maintenance and replaced if there is any damage. They say, on the other hand, you should be replacing the filter, pad, or element yearly, according to the repair clinic. Here's my problem with that is usually I'll use humidifiers more so than dehumidifiers, and I'll use those in the winter. My problem lies in that the filters and all the other bits and pieces and the parts end up being the same price as just getting a new humidifier sometimes. Or close. It's like a printer. For the cost of ink, yes. you might as well just buy a new printer, which it, comes with ink. It's like getting a printer. And you don't want to do that because it's you know it seems wasteful. But I'll like, I'd rather res- go to a Recycle Your Electron. I just did a dump, actually, at, uh, at a Staples. You do the Recycle Your Electronics thing, and I'll just buy a fresh one. Because by the time I buy the filter and the things and all the other things I need for it, why not just go to, hey, it's on sale right now at fucking Walmart for $30. <laughs> why don't I just buy a whole new one? It doesn't make sense. In a study, psychologists found that women who make more money than their male partner are twice as likely to fake an orgasm in the bedroom. Why would that be fair? Men who earn less than their partner, they say, 
may have a fragile sense of masculinity due to the long-held, and archaic, by the way, stereotype that men are the primary breadwinners. As a result, it's believed women will alleviate the man's insecurities and boost their egos by faking orgasms during sex. Is this a woman problem or a man problem? This is is disappointing is what it is. The whole thing is a disappointment to me. You should never, ever fake it. The only circumstance in which I understand people probably wanting to fake it is if it's a one night thing, you realize partway through, what the fuck am I doing? I'd like this to end immediately. It looks bigger through his jeans. (laughs) That is the only way because there's no room to learn, to figure things out if he's really having problems, if that's what we're talking about. Fuck it. I don't care what we're talking about. Men and men, women and women. You never fake you enjoy yourself if you are with that person. That, to me, is the worst thing that you can do, not just for them, but for yourself. And you think you're doing them a favor. You're not only not doing them a favor, you're definitely not doing yourself any favors. It's horrible. So what, what, what's the solution here? They think, or they're done, and they, they think you're done. Is that when you say, hold on a second here, fucker, get back to work. How does this work? Yeah. I mean, in a more loving way than that. <laughs> you don't say, hey, well, fucker. Yeah, no. Get over here. Uh, no, you. it's a, it's a, perhaps for some people a process, and it can be a lot to take in. You know, there's a lot of things happening there. You know, there's, there's things, there's uh, all kinds of things to learn. But if you do it together as a team, then maybe that's the solution. I don't know. But you come up with... Uh, come up with a solution that works but you'd never fake it you never 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 fake it this is crazy a woman in pittsburgh her name is jen drives uber on the side she's going viral because one of the people she picked up was her guy the guy she's dating and the woman he was on a date with oh you friggin idiot this is how it went down it was last friday she asked him if he wanted to hang out, and he said, nope, sorry, can't do it tonight. I'm going to the Penguins game with my buddy. And she said, okay, cool, no problem. And she decided she'll just go out and drive some Uber that night and make a little cash on the side. A few hours later, she stopped to pick up her next passenger. It was a woman that had hailed that ride, and the guy she was with is the man she's dating. <laughs> That's so messed up. <laughs> the woman that this guy was with is also his ex. Oh, a filthy little bugger. She was the one who called the Uber. That's why he didn't realize that the Uber assigned is his girlfriend. So what do you do? Do you make a scene in that situation? Well, he got in the car and didn't realize that, oh my God, that's the girl I'm dating. He said he didn't realize until he looked in the rearview mirror ahead and her eyes were in the rearview mirror looking at him. They made eye contact, and he was like, oh, shit. What an idiot. Jen says he didn't know until they locked eyes in the rearview. They did not bring it up. He stayed quiet the entire <laughs> ride. What an awkward drive. No and, kidding. And the other girl, the ex. <laughs> when you're praying for a collision. <laughs> oh, my God. Get me out of here. Fuck. The other girl has no idea nope. that this is happening. Oh, man, that is messed up. As the Uber driver, wouldn't that girl, I guess, doesn't want to make a scene because you want to you want to keep a good rating, right? I mean, if she's... <laughs> if she's no, I need five stars. You know, I'm not saying anything. It could affect my tip. It could affect my rate. Uh, I just, I'll shut up and I'll just keep driving. Well, I mean, come on. What an asshole. What an oh. asshole. They talked later. He told her that the other woman was just his friend. Oh, that was oh, the buddy he was going to a no, Penguins game with. No. His friend is also his ex. Right, right. So they eventually hashed it out. He apologized, and it's not fully clear if they're still dating, but she doesn't even seem that angry about it. You know, I, I know that there's some people who will go to great lengths to try and not get caught cheating. I don't know what this guy could have done to prevent this situation from happening. I, well, other than not cheating in the first place. But I don't know what else he could have done. This is a total random one in a million. Like, the <laughs> odds of winning on FanDuel are better than this shit. But even if you were some diabolical prick like this guy seems to be, and you knew, 
that your girl that you're with is going to hail an Uber, mm-hmm. wouldn't you immediately be like, the off chance that's going to happen? Fuck no. No, I got Lyft. I got Lyft on my phone. I'll, I'll get a Lyft driver here because I know she doesn't <laughs> drive for Lyft. Like, that didn't even dawn on the guy. Apparently not. So not only is he a diabolical cheater, he's a fucking idiot. So yeah. congratulations. Here's a bit of the video from TikTok. So at this point, like 90% of me thought that they were just friends and it was just a misunderstanding, crazy coincidence, right? But there was 10% of me, a small percent that was just like, are they on a date right now? Um, and the reason that I thought that is because when I had met his friend group, he had mentioned that there was a girl in the group that he used to have a thing with, but they weren't a thing anymore. And in my mind, I was just like, okay, no big deal. Like, it's life, you know? So in my mind, I was just like, was this the friend that he had a thing with that he's on a date with right now? So we don't talk for the rest of Friday night. Um, and he ends up texting me Saturday, basically just saying, hey, can we talk today? I feel weird about last night. And I want to let you know that there's nothing going on between me and that girl. Um, we're just really good friends. And so I was like, yeah, of course, um, we can definitely talk. And so I we went and talked and everything was fine. I mean, he had said that they were just friends and that was it. And I straight up asked, was this the girl that you had a thing with? And he said, no, that wasn't her. I said, okay, funny story, that, that's the end of it, you know? Sunday rolls around and I go out to the bar next to my house with my two girlfriends. We're just debriefing about the whole situation and we are friends with the bartender there. And she brings up how the first TikTok I posted, how it went viral and she was like, but wait, crazy story. I actually know the other girl, I'm friends with her and she's here right now across the bar and I'm like no fucking way she's here right now and so I'm like I should talk to her we should talk it out you know first off is that a good idea to talk it out sure I, I mean <laughs> you'd be curious right why do we not have a popcorn machine in this studio you'd be curious to know more let's hear more because she probably already saw the tiktok so part three okay part two so at this point, oh, like, it cuts no, off there at part three. It starts at the beginning, yeah. Um, damn. Is the part three not available? I, I can't. I don't know. You'd have to go on her profile and see. Oh, for God's sake. Come I on. know. What a pain in the ass. So, okay. So first first thoughts to being at the bar and seeing that person is the question. I mean, can I handle the, the answer and the truth if it, if it ends up not being in my favor? Here's the pro- biggest problem I have with this story uh, is that... W- Let's say it is really just a friend and there isn't going anything go, anything going on with he and that guy. Why wouldn't he just introduce them right off the bat in that Uber? Be like, oh my God, this is crazy. So, you know, Allison, this is a girl I'm dating named Jen. Oh, hey, nice to meet you. Why wouldn't you do that? Because he's cheating. Yeah, <laughs> like why. plain and simple. But why does it take this much for people to understand? It's I, sad. It's I, too bad. I found the rest of the video. Okay, good, good, good and it wasn't what I thought it was and she goes what do you mean they're just friends and I said what do you mean they're not just friends and she goes no they are definitely more than friends and I was like oh so at this point that's when the girl comes up to me uh we start talking and it is confirmed that that was the girl that he had a thing with. Um, so I text him and I'm like, I have a funny story and we need to talk about it. We need to talk. So he comes to the bar with both of us there <laughs> and I take him over to a side table and we just start talking. Yeah, so at that point um, he came clean and I, there was really nothing else to say, I guess. I mean, for a while, we just kind of like sat and had a drink. And um, that's it. That's the story. So here we are. All right. Part um, three. Okay. So she How many up- red flags does this girl oh, need to no. see before she says this is not going anywhere? And I'm not sure if it, at a certain point she just did it out of entertainment for herself, knowing that this is relationship is obviously not going anywhere. But let's see how deep you are willing to dive here. Because that'd be probably a game that you might want to play. It's like, you know what? I'm already done with you in my mind, but let's pretend I'm not and let's see how far you go with this lie. Right? I still don't know if they're together or not, though. I kind of want to know if she stayed with the guy or if she said, nah, I've seen enough. Get out of here.
It would surprise you how many times, well, it probably doesn't surprise you how many times that that does happen, where it's like, oh, okay, but you screwed up one time. The person screwed up one time. It'll be fine now. You know, we've all learned our life. No. I'm a firm believer that, no, he's going to do some sketchy shit again. Are you one of those once a cheater, always a cheater people? Yeah. Yeah? More so on, yep, Hmm. yep. Interesting. Yep. Oh, okay. All right, that's all we got for you, got for you for today. But it is a new month, everyone. This is a month of hope and optimism <laughs> and, and food. Yes. And I'm sure that roll up the rim will be back in a few weeks. And the Olympics so. are the Olympics are coming back. And even though nobody cares about the Olympics this year, this is still one where Canada typically does very well. So good luck to all of our athletes. The Super Bowl is this month. If you want to see what's new on Netflix this month, Cat always does a great summary at the beginning of the month. You can see that on scottandcat.ca. It's the Lunar New Year today. Happy New Year if you're celebrating. Welcome to the year of the tiger. Uh, the year of the ox sucked. <laughs> it was just tiger, awful. Tiger seems more promising to me. I'm pretty optimistic about the tiger myself. Uh, Valentine's Day, 13 days away. Tomorrow is Groundhog Day, and we get to hear all the great hate from Cat about groundhogs and pulling them out of the hole and looking for am shadows. I doing, am I doing my rant tomorrow? I can rant tomorrow. I could almost do your or, rant now. I've heard what? it a number of times. Yeah, I'm will. I'm uh, maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll switch it up, and you can rant at the end of tomorrow's podcast or something like that. We just let it go. <laughs> let it go. Have a great day, everybody. We will catch you right. Oh, it's Black History Month as well. It is Black History Month. It is also Heart uh, Month, so it's just a time to think about your cardiovascular health. And uh, yeah, I don't know if we're missing anything for February. And if it's your birthday this month, well, happy fucking birthday to you. Family Day this week, this <laughs> family month. Family Day in Ontario and a couple other provinces celebrate Family Day. Uh, I think so. Oh, it's college lacrosse season now. Cool. Good. Cool, 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 man. That's great. I love it. Fuck off. <laughs> That's a big deal to me. I, I, I like this I'm shit. I'm excited for you. That's great. I'm trying to think of what else. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Have a great day, guys. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Well, guys, I want to say congrats to the Cincinnati Bengals and Los Angeles Rams on advancing to Super Bowl 56. Wow. Before the season, the Bengals' odds of winning the Super Bowl were 150 to 1. What? <laughs> to give you an idea, there are better odds of finding a rapid test at CVS. Really? <laughs> ESPN reported on Saturday the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady will retire after 22 seasons, seven Super Bowl titles, and oh, what do you know, zero field goals. Well, guess he wasn't that great after all. Kid Rock announced last week that he will not perform at any venue that requires coronavirus vaccines or face masks. Well, if anyone is going to ignore the science, it's a 51-year-old man named Kid. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.